Warning, warning, warning. There are some bad words in this episode of the podcast. So yeah, there's your warning. There's going to be some cursing in this one. Five-Year Mission, the podcast, episode 30. This episode of Five-Year Mission, the podcast is brought to you by Fansets, your home for all things pop culture pin related. Head over to fansets.com and see all that they have to offer. And also stay tuned at the end of the episode for a very special offer from us here at Five-Year Mission. By now you've figured out that this is the Five-Year Mission podcast. Welcome to yet another episode of Five Year Mission, the podcast. I am your one of your hosts. I, didn't, I was going to say your host, but I'm not the only one. One of your hosts, Andy Fark. Uh, with me tonight is uh, Mr. Mike Rittenhouse, who set up this whole little thing we're about to do. Hi, Mike. Hi, Andy. Are, are you are you are you super stoked for our guests that are trying to distract us as I as I'm doing our <laughs> intro? Uh, I am. Oh God, this is no, <laughs> no. If you guys could see what I'm seeing right now, uh, you would immediately know that we are about to bring on uh, a band that's been around since about 2002. That's when we released their first album, Red Alert. They're also known for their albums. It's Dead Jim, Borgasm, Rock Out With Your Spock Out, and their upcoming new album, The Search for Rock. You may also know them from the documentary Trekkies 2, where everybody's like, hey, are you that band from that Star Trek documentary? No, that is our guest tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Warp Eleven. Wow, that's a whole lot of mic clipping going on right now. Well, uh, you said we can say hello or whatever, so there you uh, go. Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone. I, I didn't realize we we're going to be breaking hello, microphones though in the process. Hello. Hello. Yeah, Three Stooges humor always goes over great these days. We actually have a Three Stooges <laughs> reference on the new album. Believe oh, it. Really? Man. And uh, Star Trek references. <laughs> well, I would hope Star Trek references. I, I, I think you may have already got something wrong, Andy. What's that? Well, so, okay, you need, you need to understand that uh, John, number one, Merlino, our drummer, say hello, John. Hello, John is one sixteenth Vulcan. Okay. And so he has memorized all the facts and dates in regard to Warp 11. And even though I didn't really know what year we started, John knows. 1999, and the first album was Suck My Spock, not Red Alert. <laughs> oh, well, see, this is, says Suck My Spock is not on Spotify, so that's where I got <laughs> There's a reason. There's a reason. And not to be confused with Suck My Spock. Suck well, actually, Spock. no, the reason for that is because it was remastered in, what, 2008? I yes. think, and, and renamed to Suck My Spock Some More, which is on Spotify. And then the, the original plan when we formed the band was the first album was going to be called Suck My Spock. The second album was going to be called Suck My Spock Some More. And the third album was going to be called OK, You Can Stop Sucking My Spock Now. But it just <laughs> it just didn't work out. You know, it, it always looks so good on paper. Yeah, it was too much sucking. Yeah, I mean, that's what, that's what you get when you say you start getting to the whole concept. Like, yeah album realm because yes. then it's just it, goes concept, it was a trilogy <laughs> concept trilogy of albums ah! like lord of the, the rings very, from that very first idea we would never be in target 
that sounds about like our path too hey we're just we're just gonna be a recording project and then i went and booked a booked us our first show you know that's that's how we did it it was like we uh we had all these songs. We we and okay. Well, go ahead. And ask us how we started the band. <laughs> okay, there we go. Let's do it. Let's do this right. <laughs> all right. All right, John. How did you guys start the band? Since since you seem to have all the all the info. I wasn't there, and besides, <laughs> I felt it better anyway. Uh, I'm out of here. <laughs> all right, Carl. Vicky wasn't there Carl. either, so it's really a Carl and Ryan. There. She, was, there. she was there she wasn't in the band yet but she but was, I was there. there so uh we i'll try to make the long story as short as i can we uh Back in 1999, I worked for a company that Kiki founded that was making uh, technology that could stream video onto the internet, like Back live streaming. Yeah. Like 98, It was one of the first companies that was doing it. And the stuff we would stream would be like, uh, you know, 320 by 240, like Oof. so small because there was no you bandwidth. Know, and bandwidth was massive back then. <laughs> right. But uh, we used to do a lot of trade shows to, um, you know, to show the technology all these big tv trade shows we would go to and my boss at the time said hey we want you to like make up a fake tv show that you guys are going to do at the trade show so people can see like the graphics you know it was a it would put up the lower thirds it would do special effects you know, you know broadcast right. video broadcast videos right. you know and so i was like okay well we'll do like three shows we'll do like a like a high school news show me and my buddy we worked together oh, we were man. making content for the thing and we'll do like a um like just like a technology review of the product and then we need one more we'll do like um, we'll do like a sci-fi show like two nerdy guys talking about and what's interesting is that really could have been star wars or star trek because i i'm a sci-fi guy I like them both mm. and it was just so randomly that we chose star trek we'll do star trek so it's like wayne's world meets star trek and oh uh, and we went to the trade show and we did this little it was like a little skit and uh you know we did like trek haiku and just all this weird stuff uh, we would fight with batleth on stage we've done that uh yeah of course and uh, anyway that it was really popular to the point that people were showing up to see the bits because it was funny and no, most trade shows are not funny right and it was right. so popular that the ceo of the company said hey that star trek thing you guys are doing i love it i want you to do a show a week half an hour long and i was like half oh man what Oh, yeah, it's like, oh, geez, what am I going to do? And I was like, okay, well, we got some bits already. We'll do the haiku and we'll do like news, Star Trek news. And well, hell, I've been playing in bands forever. I'll make a Star Trek band. That's five minutes, five minutes easy. <laughs> and uh, so I called my friend who was a drummer and said, hey, you're going to be in my Star Trek band. And he said, okay. And then I said, do you know any good guitarists? He goes, I just got out of a band with a guy named Brian Moore, who's a great guitarist, and he's a nerd. And I was like, sounds perfect. So we got together, and we were just going to kind of talk about what we were going to do. And we ended up writing like three songs that day, and um, we just kind of kept going from there. Nice. Well, and one of the important things uh, that I will talk about Captain Carl, what makes uh, such an important backbone of the band is that uh, Carl is a prolific writer. So, you know, not only from writing Dungeons and Dragons uh, <laughs> since he was three, uh, but, but okay. he is a nerd. He is a, uh, a consummate person that wants to know knowledge about everything. 
Like you can pretty much ask Carl anything and he will give you a very good answer. It's funny. I, me and uh, Jeff was our old drummer. And when we started writing lyrics for the band, we were like, Oh my God, I had no idea like how much I knew about Star Trek until I started writing songs about <laughs> Star Trek. And then it was Sounds like, wow. Right. Yeah. I forget, there was an initial point I was going to make when I told you to ask me how we got in the bands, and now I can't remember what it was because I talked for so, so long. Go back. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely circle back around to that. Um, now, when you guys when you guys first started out, um, uh, when you when you were writing the songs, like what what were what were some of the influences? Obviously, besides the subject matter of Star Trek, that that that, that got you writing. Uh, that that, um, that was pretty much it. It's not. It wasn't <laughs> just Star Trek, but it was also like, well, what's fun? Well, sex is fun. Drugs well, okay. are fun. Rock and roll is fun. The whole the whole thing. So it was all about right. not taking it too seriously. And it was it was really kind of it was really kind of about taking it at an angle that we didn't think people would think it would be. Mm -hmm. You know, because, and we used to show up to play, oh, I remember now my, my, my initial fight. We used to show up to play at shows and people, you know, that I, I literally heard someone say as we were loading our gear in, someone goes, oh, Star Trek band, was it going to be a Magic the Gathering band too tonight? <laughs> <laughs> and so, but our thing was, let's do Star Trek, but let's kind of do the, some stuff that people don't normally associate with Star Trek, which was let's make it all about sex. Let's make it all about drugs. Let's make it about like that kind of, we want it to be kind of the motley crew of Star Trek. Nice. Okay. All right. The all right. motley crew. Well, in terms, in terms of the sex and drugs. <laughs> yeah, party. In, in terms of the, deba the debaucherous side yes. of Star Trek. Yeah. <laughs> but now like 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 uh, like, like mu music influence wise like who were who were the bands that you kind of had like in mind in in the early days one of the games we used to play was uh you know pick a band and, and what if green day was writing a song about star trek and then we'd mess around but what if acdc was writing a song about star trek okay Just picking random hard rock punk you know they kind of like tributes to other bands right. and, and initially when we started i think we were mostly punk because punk songs are pretty easy to write yeah <laughs> you know <laughs> just make it fast and hard get a catchy rip uh but as we kept going then i feel like suck my spock was pretty much a, a fun punk album and then when we yeah. hit red alert our second album I think we started to branch out a little more because we started to get quickly bored of the punk. Yeah. And uh, that's one of the things I love about being in this band is that because you have this running thread that everything is about Star Trek, that kind of holds the band together. And because we have that, we can play any type of music. Mm -hmm. And our fans mm -hmm. are very accepting of that because it's always going to be about Star Trek, but you could do a waltz, but it's a Star Trek waltz <laughs> and uh, you can get away with with anything. Yeah, I mean, that, that's pretty much the same thing with us. Uh, you know, we, we, we touch on a lot of different genres and the fans like pretty much all of it just because it's all about the same. Pretty you know, much all yeah. of it. Well, yeah, there are a couple of songs that fart broke <laughs> that they're not too keen on, but yeah. <laughs> you, do you guys get pushback from wow. uh, from some of the, the Trekkies and the conventions and stuff like that? I wouldn't say we get pushback from it. There's been a couple people that have asked us to turn down before. <laughs> nice. nice. <laughs> yeah, we've had a couple. We've had a couple of gigs where you'll start to see people start in the front row and then slowly move back, back <laughs> or, all yeah. the way back to the back of the convention hall or whatever. Yeah. 
our first creation convention we played and we don't get to play very many because they look at our, there's some, I'm, I guarantee someone says, Hey, we need a band. What about, there's a band called warp 11, their star Trek. And they, you know, bring up the wiki page. And it's like, suck my Spock, boldly go down on me. No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, but, but our first creation. But that, that changed. I, I would say no, that played changed a, a little bit because the shows. stars really loved us. We had a really good time. Our first creation show we played, uh, our fans ended up making a mosh pit in the middle oh. of the convention floor, with all these nice chairs, you know, in a big ballroom, and started throwing the chairs in a pile. Oh, and we had to be like, stop, stop your captain. I order you to stand down. Yeah. We, we want to be invited back. <laughs> right. This is our only chance. Yeah, we weren't invited back for a couple of years after that. <laughs> Man. Yeah, I, th I think the, the the biggest reaction to the noise we've ever gotten was uh, a guy in Detroit uh, told us to turn down. We were playing outdoors, and a guy just came up and started going, "You need to turn down." We we're like, and I just I just looked at looked up down at my drums and started like turning down imaginary dials. And I'm like, <laughs> that's that better. <laughs> you say, "Get off my bridge, you kids." <laughs> so when it comes to like figuring out what's gonna go on an album, do you guys ever have like a theme? going like per album because i because i noticed with a name like borgasm it's bor it's just borgasm okay because yeah. i didn't because I, 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 I didn't want to put like i'm bored with this orgasm type thing <laughs> like borgasm you know that one that one was a that is a concept album that's the one right. full-blown real concept album we've done yeah where um and the whole point was uh, that that one was going to be metal as much metal as we could put on yeah. it but with Pink Floyd metal. Yeah. And it, Alice exactly. Pink Floyd, Alice in Chains. Yeah, it still goes all over the place. Yeah. But okay. it was, I think it was one of our most difficult albums that we really all put a lot of thought into uh, on every level because uh, the storytelling was so key and the fact that we were each characters, that was a, another element and that it had to completely make sense and you also couldn't get bored from song to song. So, you know. <laughs> Always a plus. <laughs> uh, and or no it's actually my favorite um, album that we've ever made. It's I, one of I, mine. I really loved and, it. And how it came about was, uh, well, we just love the title Borgasm because it just kind of sounds like one of our albums. At first it was a song. And one of the things that we do as Warp 11 is often on Halloween, we'll play a show and we'll change the show up to be something different. Like uh, we have another band that we made up called the Rod and Berries, but it's like, you know, the Rod and Berries. And Berries, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and we wear flight suits and wrestling masks and the wrestling masks are the color of our uniforms. You know, like the Mucho Libre, the <laughs> right. Mexican yeah. wrestling masks. And, yeah. uh, and we wrote 45 minutes of new material about Star Trek and we opened for ourselves. And so we showed up and, we, and we're from England and we talked and we talked a lot of shit. Warp eleven, fucking wankers. They oh, I, I said the F word. Warp eleven, <laughs> wankers. They suck. 
you know, and they stole our idea. We were playing these songs way before Warp 11. And, but the best part of, of it was we, we played the 45 minutes and then we left and then we took off our uniforms and gave them to some like lookalike friends that are the same size <laughs> as us. And then, so we started playing our set and they came up and started like dancing and yelling at us. And after the show, people <laughs> were genuinely some people who had never seen us really thought there was another band called the Roddenberry. <laughs> and so uh, anyway, for uh, for one Halloween show, we said, let's write a concept album and we'll do finally do Borgasm and we'll just play this like hour, 45 minutes, hour long concept album. And that's what the Halloween show will be. Oh, man. And uh, it's pretty bizarro, but if you've seen The Network, which is Green Day's alternate band, they oh, yeah. basically did the same thing. With wrestling masks. With they were wrestling, wrestling masks. masks. You yep. can and see I said, videos out. They I said, just those we were doing that years before. They just released it like I, within the last year. We were well, just the, like. It was the second one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the, yeah, the second album, yeah. But the first one, the timing is suspicious because it was near yeah. back when we were doing that. So I don't yeah. know. I don't know. <laughs> who knows where they got the idea? <laughs> who knows? You never know who. They'll be hearing from Joe's my watching. lawyers. Uh, my yeah. space lawyers yeah. will be calling us. <laughs> space lawyers. <laughs> It's yeah. like lawyers, except in space. <laughs> but Mike, what are, what are some of the other stereotypical Star Trek band questions? Uh, man. Well, no, now you're on the spot. It's hard to think of them all, right? Exactly. Yeah, this is why I'm, I'm not the, the host. Right. <laughs> but see, this, this is also why I, I always love putting Mike on the spot for stuff like this. He's like, hey, I got, I, got, I got Warp 11 to come on the podcast. I was like, oh, great. He'll be prepared for an interview. <laughs> I always do that to Brian at shows when I need to tune or something. I say, and now Brian will regale you with one of his witty anecdotes. Oh, uh, it sucks. And I start <laughs> tuning. It's so bad. And then he walks away from the mic and I have to I have to try to do something. And all I can do is just sound like an idiot. <laughs> a space idiot. It's perfect. But you always say something so, so since you guys are a Star Trek band. Uh, which do you like, character for Star Trek or Star Trek? Star Trek. Star Trek. Star Trek. Good one. Always. Kirk, always, of course. Kirk or Picard? That was the question, guys. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. That, well, that's the, it's. It is only always that question. Why you gotta justify your answer? <laughs> I like the new Pike a lot in that in that one season of Discovery. I thought he so was too. Yeah. You're evading. <laughs> oh, um, I like I like a combination of the two. I like Picard with thought, Shatner's toupee. I thought, I thought Brian was answering. <laughs> no, I, a whole like a whole like Kirk and Picard Tuvik situation. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I'm sorry, uh, all of you guys are incorrect. The correct answer is Cisco. Um, <laughs> Cisco, whatever. When he got the goatee, I I agree. There's something about a bald man with a goatee just commanding <laughs> their crew. If only they could see you now, Captain. Uh, everyone at home, I, I'm bald with a goatee. I'm sure. You that. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm sure our listeners have figured that out. They don't need you know, to to hear the ego coming through the order. I, I feel bad. We probably should have introduced ourselves. Like we just kind of came in as nobodies. As uh, nobodies. Yeah. Uh, let's all tell them who we are and what we do. Well, why don't you just tell everyone who we are because that's what you've been doing. Do it. Oh, I'm uh, Captain cool. Carl Miller. I uh, play bass, vocals, and I roll 20-siders. <laughs> I'm Chief Engineer Brian, and uh, I play guitar and what else? Sometimes I say you can knock things over. Yeah. Yeah. That was and, me. Uh, that was the <laughs> science officer. 
Kiki Stockhammer. And she she does the singing and the sexing and um, <laughs> I don't know. Does things on stage. And the uh, chicken <laughs> sound effects that are ultimately needed when you need them. And then, uh, and we lost our first drummer in a transporter accident. And then uh, we picked up this guy. Commander John Merlino, uh, AKA number one. Uh, yeah, I play drums. I tell them when they're out of tune. I tell <laughs> Carl when, when he uh, has a typo or when there's a grammatical problem in any of our lyrics. Um, it's true. Like everything <laughs> he just said, he, he's one sixteenth. Vulcan, he cannot lie. Why is this always the, the job of the drummer? I, I want I want to know why why we are this way. Because we're the only real musicians. <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually, I, to be I'm fair, not even gonna say it. Ooh, yeah, yeah, Brian kicked ass at guitar, but he still doesn't know much of the difference between a major or a minor chord. That is true. So, That's um, true. <laughs> It's like, oh, this sounds great. And you're right, it, it, right, it sounds great. But what the hell are you playing? Um, uh, notes. It's, uh, it's on the, it's on the fifth one. string. <laughs> I, I got in a fight with John near the end of our, we're just finishing up our uh, our new CD. Uh, we're set, we just set it off to be mastered. And uh, I got an argument with John about, I don't know, three weeks ago about the last song. And I sung all this stuff. It's the title tracks, The Search for Rock. And he kept telling me that it was out of key. And I was telling him, you're crazy. It's not out of key. And finally, I got down on a piano, which I don't play, and started finding all the notes because he knew what key it was in. I don't know any keys. And uh, finally, I'm like, and so it's a B flat. And so, oh, geez, he's right. It's out of key. <laughs> and it sounds so much better now. There's always something just a little off with that one. I mean, we could clearly hear that it was Not off. very wrong. It was barely wrong. <laughs> Out of key is barely wrong. There can be very out of key and, and a little out of key. Out of key is a little wrong. out of key. You can always, I can always hear when it's wrong. I'm, I'm with you, Carl. Thank you, Mike. But, 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 but then, then again, of course, if you if, if you play that note again wrong, we'll all be flat. Oh, the music humor these guys don't get it uh when you guys were growing up like what age were you and and what got you into star trek initially i was watching the syndicated versions with my sister i remember uh the opening where the enterprise goes right past you and my sister and i would pr pretend that it was coming at us and we would duck, <laughs> duck out of the way. Yeah. so yeah this is like 1970 1971 oh, uh, wow. and uh so uh yeah so trek since uh Trek for 50 years. Nice, nice. In space, you can hear how old you are. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're all old, it's okay. Oh, we're all old, trust me. <laughs> well, the same is true for me. Uh, I, in the 70s, um, my dad and my older brother were super into the original series. And I was reading, I think in junior high, the John Carter of Mars series. So I really started getting into sci-fi and I love sci-fi. And uh, I started to watch some of the Star Trek, but what really did it for me was not the spaceships, but all the hot chicks in their cool outfits that James T. Kirk always ended up talking to or hanging out with. And I was like, look what she's wearing. I loved it. She's into the fashion <laughs> aspect of the show. Space fashion. Space. I mean, that's space fashion. Space fashion. It's like fashion, but in space. Fashion. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Brian, yeah. what about you? Okay, so so I got into Next Gen. I remember when I was a little kid, my dad would watch 
you know, the original series. And I saw some of that, but I didn't really get into it till next gen. I was driving, delivering pizzas. I closed the pizza, the pizza store, come home. And it would like within the first five minutes of me being home and boom, oh, the show's on. And it was like the best thing to watch. After I got off of work, I could just sit and veg on next gen reruns. Mm-hmm. So every night I would pour myself a large glass of whiskey and <laughs> watch and watch the show. And then basically, I don't know how any any of the episodes end. <laughs> he only knows the opens. I, but I do love them. I love all the opens. Oh, my God. The opening credits are fantastic. <laughs> With the whoosh. Ah. Yeah. When he, when, he says, when he talks about space in that deep British voice. Killer. Carl, what about, what about you? So every day I had to be home at like, I had to be home at five because we had dinner at six when I was a little kid growing up. And uh, at five o'clock, the only thing that was on that was not the news was Star Trek. And I already, I already kind of, I already like sci-fi anyway, but um, it was, I watched it every night. I, mean, I must have seen the original series like so many times. Like eight, every episode, like eight times, because that's all I did was watch it every night, mm-hmm. and right. um, it really paid off when you when I did, when you decided to form a band. Do you think that stuff's never gonna never gonna pan out? Huh, who's laughing now, Mom? I'll sit as close to the TV as I want, Mom. I'm doing research, Mom. I'm not a degenerate, Mom. Yeah, I'm doing research for my band. I'm gonna form one day, Mom. Oh one of these days I'll have sex and you'll be wrong sex with a hot sci-fi girl mom, mom. <laughs> wait not mom sorry not mom. <laughs> wait, I don't know there are a couple of songs oh. it's true it's true the last song on um, uh, uh, rock out with your spock out rock out with your spock out yeah um, not safe for work it's got <laughs> the best punchline out of any song that we've written I would yeah, almost I argue that, that most of your guys' songs are not safe for work. So. <laughs> actually, actually, we do have, because we have to play, you know, bar mitzvahs and birthday parties sometimes. And oh, so we do have about, we, went, we, we dug deep In into the set list and we have about 45 minutes worth of material that we can play that is rated PG. Oh, we and we yeah. change our lyrics all the time. As long as you say frack, it's okay. Yeah, yeah. frack is actually funnier than saying... Fuck. Right. Mike, edit point. <laughs> I told you guys. You said we could say that. You said we could I say know, that. but of course Boldly you... Ghost said it. Boldly Ghost said whatever they wanted. <sighs> but they're new. They, they, they don't know any better yet. They're just young kids. <laughs> I hang my head in shame. I'm going down to the turbo lift. <laughs> Throw yourself down the giant expanse of the Discovery turbo lift. Those are some big ass turbo lips, uh, right? I was like, what the hell is all that room for? (laughs) Mike, edit point. (laughs) Carl Carl was even saying before we started actually recording, oh, we we clean it up for interviews, man, it's cool. But you didn't tell us we had to clean it up. That's true. You didn't say we should. I know. You had most of, of your album done before uh covid really happened right i mean you were because uh, i remember seeing you post about being in the studio like like right before everybody went into quarantine yeah we uh we we did the kickstarter and it was shockingly successful 
When did we do the Kickstarter, John? What month was that? It was August of 2019. Wow. And then uh, we went into the studio less than a month after the Kickstarter was over. So late September, I think, maybe early October. And so we we were recording for a couple of months, but we usually take the holidays off around the new year. And and we were ready to come back from that. I think we had one session in maybe late January or early February. And then, uh, okay, when are we going to get back? Who knows? So, yeah, the album was probably 80% recorded when COVID hit. Yeah. And, and we kind of record and mix at the same time a lot. Our engineer, Joe Johnson, just kicks ass all the time for us. Mm-hmm. And so uh, he's making making my drums in particular sound amazing. Uh, but yeah, so now it's been uh, sort of a year of just trying to get into the studio once in a while to, to push things along. And we finally mm-hmm. finished recording. When was it? Uh, December, last month, yeah. Well, part of the problem was we originally intended to have a 14-song album, and because of the uh, stretch goals on the Kickstarter, we ended up with 21 songs. Oh, yeah, that's so, right. I forgot about that. We had 20 songs, and then uh, I, I realized that we had to write a title track for the album because all of our albums have a title track that, you know, mm-hmm. they all well, on. Right. There's and, that uh, there as well. The album that? was supposed to be called the Enterprise B-Sides. Yes. And oh, yeah. the sort of the whole flow of the album changed. Uh, and so Carl had an epiphany and said, oh, we're, we're going to call it The Search for Rock now. But we didn't have a song called The Search for Rock. So <laughs> Carl had to write one because all of our other albums have title tracks. So that's a way to go. It just wanted it. And it wanted to be 21 songs for some reason. <laughs> I don't know. I just felt that was the right number. 20 Black felt Jack. like we were, short, we were shortchanging people. It, it wanted to be old enough to drink. Exactly. The album can enjoy itself responsibly. (laughs) (laughs) There's your tagline. (laughs) Mark, five-year mission. I'm writing this down. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like you did a little bit of recording and and mixing and everything during uh, this past year, but uh, what else have you done to fill the musical void since there aren't a lot of uh, shows and, and stuff happening right now? Uh, we played a lot of um, Gears of War, Kiki and I. <laughs> it's true. Lots of video games. I, I tap on the table a lot and annoy the hell out of my wife. <laughs> I would listen over and over to the album that was like 80% done and just go crazy. I couldn't go in and like turn that up a little bit and fix that line right there. Did a lot of vocal warm-ups. For no reason, singing in the shower. <laughs> No, but seriously, we we put a lot of work into this um, album. And I think, you know, what's cool about it is there's lots of songs. (sighs) Many of these, if you've ever gone to any of our shows, some of them are new works, uh, but others are older songs that were just really, really popular that we never got around to recording. So that's what we did. And then, you know, we had a lot of fun this last album uh, with harmonizing, which we really didn't have the time before. And because of COVID, we really had the opportunity to really dive into each song a little bit more and give it a little more flavor. A lot more ooze on this album than previous (laughs) albums, I think. A lot more ooze. (laughs) Oh, yeah, exactly like that. 
I mean, some of the songs on the album were probably never recorded because they didn't deserve to be recorded until we finally said, let's record all this stuff that we never recorded. Um, like Federation of Captain. is a rockin' ass. Uhura rocks. I don't know why you guys didn't record that the day you Like I said, there, if most albums had 14 songs, and we have a lot of songs. Yeah. A lot of songs. We still okay. have a lot of songs. We have like 130 songs. You wrote Uhura in 2000, 2001, and you I never... I know, but it's one of those things where you write it and you love it, and then by the time you get around to, to making another album, you've written another, like, 15 songs that you also love, and the newer songs are always more exciting because it's new, and it's like, oh, I love this new song, and this one we've been playing for a while, and so the new ones always make it. Yeah. I mean, come on. King Kong versus Captain Kirk? That classic. We recorded. Classic. <laughs> classic mashup of genres. Yeah, if you do, well, and, <laughs> if you do say so yourself. Look how on point it is for this year. Yes, Please. Kong is back. Yes, I can't sure. wait. Gonna get his ass kicked by a lizard. <laughs> I think he's gonna win. I think they're gonna work together. I think that's the big surprise is that King Kong is gonna beat up Godzilla, who Godzilla should win. We all See, know that. For me, oh, yeah. it, when I was a kid, Did it you? was all Godzilla movies, or whenever I could see it on VH1. Uh, Channel 41 or whatever Godzilla movies. I loved them. Boy, I loved them along with Did make a Godzilla band. Did you catch in the trailer that the weapon Kong is holding? It, it looks kind of like an axe. Is one of Godzilla's spines on uh -huh. like a big Notice pole? That. That's the weapon. So he's gonna beat fight fire with fire, radioactive fire with radioactive fire. And speaking of gorillas, you know, there's always. You got to Mugatu, which is oh, I didn't think about. It. We have really double, good. yeah, we got double uh, uh, primate songs and on this album. Really you got to Mugatu and really King Kong versus Captain Kirk. Yeah, we actually yeah. have a have a Mugatu song too, don't we? Yeah, you should. Yeah, that, I, oh, yeah, that was that was, was one, one of the Kickstarter, Kickstarter bonuses. Yeah, I'd be disappointed if you didn't. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's 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 fully recorded, but I think only thirty five people have have heard it. <laughs> <laughs> we, we used to have for the show so we were doing the star trek show it was called the prime directive and mm -hmm. uh we would do skits and stuff and so we had our we had these guys that could they were incredibles uh like making making costumes and sets and uh they made us a fantastic bugatti suit and so when we would play live uh, we would have someone for one song come out in the bugatti you know costume yeah. and, do, do and it looked dance. like a real bugatti <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and Ryan got quite sweaty <laughs> dancing for one song. <laughs> and I don't, that, that costume was never washed. It is very yeah, sweaty. Yeah, we always felt sorry for whoever had to wear it. Skin. Brian, you played an entire set in an Ewok suit, so, you know. Uh, <laughs> so, wait, so, again, for, for, a start, for Halloween, uh, one year we, we rewrote 45 minutes of our songs to be about Star Wars, instead of star trek and we dressed up in star wars costumes and we opened for ourselves we were hyperdrive 12 and we talked a lot of shit about warp 11 it's a recurring theme <laughs> a recurring theme to make fun of ourselves as other bands i, I, I did that twice actually the, I first love time, the, the first time i was princess leia uh second yeah. time i was han solo so i kind of <laughs> I kind of like the pathos of like the Roddenberries that, you know, we're in this band that we sing about Star Trek and we have a lot of songs about Star Trek. We have like eight CDs about Star Trek. And then for, for one show, we would, we would 
come up with an alternate band, but that other band would also sing about Star Trek and every song would be about Star Trek, but it wouldn't be any of our songs. It's all different songs. And that's because we care. I, I also care. think the most important thing about being in a Star Trek band, and you guys tell me what you think, but you know, we wouldn't do it if it weren't fun. Like if it stopped being fun and entertaining for us first, I don't think we'd be doing it anymore. Oh, no, we, we, we always say that because I mean, we, we go and play conventions and stuff and get to hang out with fans and make new fans and uh, meeting celebrities is definitely a plus, especially when you get scared by one in a back hallway. <laughs> Tell that story. Who scared you in the hallway? Simon Pegg. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. That makes yeah, sense. Because, yeah, because I, because, my, because Mike knows I'm a huge Simon Pegg fan and I didn't realize he was directly behind me. And Mike goes, hey, fuck look behind you and I turned around and there's Simon Pegg standing there and I the, the, literally the sound that came out of my mouth was huh. <laughs> <laughs> and I have no clue to this day where that sound came from and nor can I <laughs> ever recreate it <laughs> I wanted to ask you guys about uh, the, the Trekkies 2 documentary that you guys wound up being a part of how did that come about well I don't remember. I don't either. <laughs> I think it's because there weren't very many Star Trek bands out there, honestly. There were four Trek bands just in Sacramento or something at one at the same right. time. Sacramento we, was a mecca of Star Trek we bands. Them wow. Most seriously, I yeah, think. we cared. Okay. We cared, and we were living it in you know not only on the internet through our our TV show, our internet show, right. but also just through the band and everything, and we have. We have a very strong worth work ethic. You know, we put everything we have into it. It's not like we're going to do something half-assed. If we're going to do it, we're going to really do it. Full ass. We mean it. Yeah, we mean Full it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think someone probably called us and asked us if we wanted to do it, and then someone in the band probably said, "Yeah,", yeah. and so we ended up probably doing it. <laughs> but the ironic thing was interesting all, story when when we would do events with them to promote that. You know, it would be a lot of the um, the Star Trek people, the officials. I don't know who they were, but they would, you know organize these events and it always turned out that they really didn't know that much about star trek they would try to have all these question and answer things and carl knew more than any of them <laughs> yeah. it was amazing they were all like oh my god carl okay they would just kind of look to him yeah they shake their head and go nerd <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy that there's things like the lower deck out there and discovery and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, new things for new generations. I think there's right. a lot to be said of, um, some of the original concepts about Star Trek that really we could all use today about just, you know, being, being nice to each other, being nice right. to each other and being <laughs> inclusive and, you know, every time we did different creation events or any of the conventions, you know, there were all different kinds of people coming together. And I always found great joy in that and um, meeting people through that. And I, yeah, yeah. I still think that there's a lot of positivity with that. And, you know, I, I hailed Gene Roddenberry for putting that together way back when. And there's a lot of firsts, you know, um, 
Uhuru is such an amazing character, a strong woman back in the day with so much misogyny. An officer, an yeah. officer on the so bridge and a woman. And, uh, you know, and just going off a little bit for women out there, um, you know, on this new album, there's some um, songs like The Naked Time. And I, I totally could relate with um, from Alien Ripley, you know, mm -hmm. how they originally wanted to cast Ripley as a man. And so there were some songs that, that Carl was going to take. And I was like, wait a minute, I want to sing that song. And then she takes all my I songs. I want to sing that song. <laughs> takes all my songs. And, you know. My space it's, songs. It's the songs. same. But, but I get to be the raunchy one. I get to be the one out there, you know. Oh, yeah. yeah. Always the raunchy one. <laughs> I am not. Stop it. Um you know, so that was really, really fun for me. And I think there's a lot of empowerment with all of that. I think that women should be empowered. I think that all people should be empowered to be their true selves. And I love that. Absolutely. And, um, you know, for me, that was something I really liked about Star Trek, because I've always felt that very deeply, even since I was a kid. Like when yeah. people... Um, were made fun of, or, you know, I, I never liked that. I never stood for that. I never uh, did mob mentality ever. Mm. And so I think we really need that today. And I, I know I'm sombering the tone a bit, but I, <laughs> I think that is a true um, core essence of Star Trek. So there. And there you go. And now <laughs> drinks. And, now drinks. <laughs> and the sex. Don't forget about the sex part. <laughs> Well, I, guess I, I, I like I, I get it with the, the with all the empowerment and everything like that because like both of my kids who are nine and eleven, my daughter is eleven years old, and like right now her her biggest idol in the world is Tilly from from Discovery, and she that's awesome. It's, it's, that's great. Well, it's, it's it's nice to see. And like, she's a redhead. Yes. Kiki yeah. has red hair. If you haven't figured that out. <laughs> yes. But no, it's 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 great that Star Trek is still living up to its own original ideals, yeah. and you know, putting like women in power, putting people of color in power, putting yeah. putting putting not non-binary characters in yes. power right. now, yes. and that is phenomenal. And I, I I I will applaud. I will go up and give Ahead Eugene Roddenberry a giant high five next time I see him in person. In yeah. space. In space. Yeah. In space. A, a sci five. In space where no one can hear you. <laughs> so the, so the, the, the search for rock, when can people expect to have that in their dirty ear holes? Well, let's see. John's probably done all the math. We sent off the master. He's going to start mastering it tomorrow. We send our stuff to a guy in Sweden who we've worked with forever. He's, he's awesome. amazing. He's really he's amazing. Great. And John, once that's done, when will we, the digital copy will be done right after that, right? Well, you said you've got one more day in the studio where you got to cut it down to make the CD master. You got to yeah, trim the that's engine. That's, and, yeah, uh, that's an hour. Right, right. But once that's done, you just hand it all off to me and I upload it to CD Baby and it goes out to the world. So yeah. probably in a few weeks. That's digitally. The physical CD, right. which we got to go through all the manufacturing and all that stuff, that'll be. No, which, let's face it, though, how many people are really physical? Does anybody here still have a CD player? I mean, I don't. Apart from 500 CDs we have to mail out as part of the Kickstarter. Well, yeah, I, that's well, the worst that, part. But I'm going to let you do that. Well, the crew, you guys will handle that. I'll be, uh, <laughs> I'll be in space. <laughs> Typical captain. Yeah. What are you guys are doing that. 
dog. It's fair. This whole Kickstarter was my idea, so I should have it to. It was his it idea. Was. What's funny is we made all this money from the Kickstarter, but then because we had to do 21 songs, we ended up, of course, spending more money than we made. From the <laughs> we lost a bunch of money on this Kickstarter. Well, so we, had, we had money in the, the band fund that I don't let you guys know about, so we'll use some of that. Well, I just want to say that I love being in Warp 11 and I love my bandmates and everyone's really, really different. And everyone really, every single time we come together to create something new, we all have challenged ourselves individually. We've all come together and done something new and different and brought something and worked hard for it. And uh, I really appreciate being in Warp 11 for that because I think... Um, it's such a positive, great outlet of creativity. And music is something that, you know, everyone can, can get into. And as far as I've always thought, like, you know, whatever music we make, it will always, it will always be there. People can always find it. If they need a laugh, if they <laughs> need to not take something too seriously, you know, whatever it is, it, it will be there for generations to come. And I, I like that idea. I'm sick of my crew. You're all fired. <laughs> <laughs> and John, John really know, number one, like he, uh, you know, we're here in Sacramento and he had to drive two hours and the two hours. Four sometimes. He had to drive two, in like traffic from San Francisco to Sacramento. Yeah, which is Oof. really brutal. intense. It's brutal. Just I've for been, band practice. I've so, been doing it for 13 years. I don't know yes. what the sleep I was thinking. Yeah, when yes. he joined the band, I told <laughs> him, I you. said, he, he was like, we tried out all these drummers because we lost our drummer in a transporter accident. And, uh, and they were all horrible. And John is this guy I work with. And he goes, hey, I play drums. Why don't you let me come and try? And I'm just thinking, you know, the guy you work with. Yeah, I play yeah, drums. Been <laughs> playing for years. And I'm thinking, no way, no way. And finally, everyone was so horrible. I was just out of desperation. I was like, okay, John, come and play. And the guy is phenomenal. Yeah. yeah, phenomenal. And, uh, and the jazz drummer. And He's then, awesome. But then I realized, oh no, you live in San Francisco. You can't be in this band. He's like, I'll, I'll do it. I'm like, there's no way you're gonna drive. <laughs> I'll make it work. The band practice. He's like, I'll make it work, and yeah. he did. And thank God. <laughs> and then of course there's uh, Brian Moore, our guitarist. Yay! Who is incredible. Oh, uh, he has. Um, Oh, by the way, system. I need to interrupt. Carl, just a reminder, you owe me $14,000 for gas. <laughs> <laughs> Can I pay you in space money? Sure. It's funny. <laughs> um, so Brian, uh, he has this squirrel system that he puts together. So every single time we've uh, made an album, you know, it, he would always come to the studio and he would have these super intense like weird charts like notes that no one else can read but and, him it's like his own system that we call the squirrel system because rock. it was he would meticulously think through like oh my god we need this sound here and we need that sound here but he also didn't want other people to be able to figure out Never. how he played something he so he would do everything like in. normally you'd play it like this but I'm going to play it like this. So when they try to figure out, they're going to be go, it doesn't sound right. What's going on? Squirrel system. <laughs> we love it. Uh, and there is one, no tablature for the and, squirrel system. And one of our favorite things is also just, you know, Brian loves to get 
feedback on his guitar. So we've kind of made a running joke of that throughout all of our albums as well, because there's always a feedback. Solo. <laughs> and solo. World sound. But, but I, I, and I just am going to end with this, that I feel so lucky that for 20 years to be in a band where everybody gets along, and I'm not saying we don't argue, but I think arguing is a great part of being in a band great art <laughs> yeah and we all have our different opinions but in the end we really come together and we really focus we really make new new songs and uh <laughs> and, and then Carl wins all the arguments yeah well you need a gilmore and a waters to have a pink floyd you need that that budding heads and that that those different approaches to come up with greatness and nobody I needs a waters you guys can kind waters of, waters as you a can lot. all hear okay that's going to be our a separate show of how the four of us all come together to make warp 11 exactly what, it is. what do you love about me i i've got i heard the love about john and i heard don't, the love don't about say anything Ryan, but you haven't don't, really don't say anything Kiki. And now you're don't supposed to say anything. oh we're out of time everyone <laughs> thank you for being on the show warp 11 truly amazing having you we'll, we'll see you next week aka the captain and uh and he's very thorough he's very meticulous some would and, say too meticulous and uh and that brings it all together you know and i think i'm i'm probably the deanna troy of our group where i'm kind of the empath i kind of feel everybody a little bit behind the scenes i'm always trying to tie everybody together and yeah that's it <laughs> There you have Warp 11, ladies and gentlemen. You cannot have Dark Side of the Moon without Roger Waters. <laughs> I, I, I feel like after after Kiki's kind, kind world's words about Carl, that this might be a hostage situation. <laughs> <laughs> this is just Not the end sure. of part one of 12 interviews with <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, you guys said a said a lot of kind words about each other and now i feel like you guys need to go wipe each other off um <laughs> that's how we usually end band practice so wiping each other off yeah, yeah. <laughs> the shower is right next to the band room so oh perfect perfect well, I mean, it's group shower. We all meet each other that would be really we want, awesome we got the gig together you guys awesome. ever play that la gig no uh, because uh because of covid oh yeah, that's what i figured everything got shut down yeah. Uh, one day we'll play together. Like yeah. we might have to. Oh, like, no, we absolutely uh, need come to. Come out of the old folks' home, but <laughs> speak for yourself. Reform the band. Well, I'm just saying it might be a while, but one day the stars will align and we will do a super Trek show. Yeah, we just so we just need to meet like halfway and somewhere in like Oklahoma or some bullshit like that. Uh, <laughs> we'll play in a field. I'm just gonna say, if I'm you build it, they will play. Some some area, so, some New Mexico desert. Where we'll we'll meet there. Area fifty one. That works, man. That would be perfect. <laughs> but thank you guys, Warp Eleven, for coming on. Everybody, keep an eye out for the search for Rock, the new album from Warp Eleven. Twenty one songs. The album's old enough to drink responsibly. So we will we will catch up with you guys again. We will play a show together one day. We loved having you guys on. Thanks for having Thanks for us. So having much, guys. Live long and prosper and yeah. all that Trek stuff we're supposed to say. <laughs> Don't be, be a stereotype. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go drink some Tranya. Later, nerds. <laughs> <laughs>
miss getting new content from Five Year Mission, you should head over to patreon.com slash fiveyearmission and check out our Patreon page. As a patron of the band, you will receive access to rare and behind-the-scenes pictures and videos and other cool stuff. You will also have early access to many things, like video releases or new songs. You can sign up for different levels, from Ensign all the way up to Admiral. One of the perks of being an Admiral on Five Year Mission's Patreon is that you get to be a producer on this podcast. Currently, our producers are Neil Carpenter, Helen Lake, Debbie Rinke, Carol Jones, Becky and Roxy, Steve and Frankie Palopoli, Madison Rachel Jones, and Jim Morehouse. Your name could be on this list if you sign up as an admiral. So head over to patreon.com slash five-year mission now. That's the number five-year mission. Did you know that Fansets is your home for all things pop culture pin related? I'll bet you did. Because here pretty soon they're going to have new releases from DC Comics Legion of Superheroes as well as new releases from Xenoscope. Here's some new releases from Star Trek. Of course, they're continuing the Women of Trek series with Dr. Beverly Crusher and also a slew of new pins from Picard, including Picard, Raffi, Elnor, uh, with the little word bubble coming out that says choose to live, which I love. And also episode pins from episodes 6 and 7, The Impossible Box and Nepenthe. And hey, do you seek Jahan Jamaharan? I almost said it wrong. But I got it right, because who's not seeking that? Because the Horgon that originally appeared on TNG is coming. Oh, man, just let people know what you're looking for by wearing that Horgon on your lapel. Or, you know, just on a mask, which they also have. Anything else. But anyway, head over to fansets.com right now. Put any of those pins in your cart. Upon checkout, use the discount code 5YEARMISSION. That is the number 5 and then all caps, YEAR MISSION, 5YEAR MISSION. You can get 10% off of your entire order over at fansets.com. Fansets. Our pins have character, and we thank Fansets for sponsoring each and every single episode that appears on the Trek Geeks Network of Podcasts. It's like Discovery trying to, when they're, each captain is trying to figure out, like, what's their, what their, their new catchphrase. You know. words? It is. Fuck shit up. We're rolling. Picture me rolling. Picture me warping. No. <laughs> yes. I'm highly dis- disappointed in you right now. <laughs> Picture me walking. Oh my God, you guys, I'm sorry if we were all over the place. It's just so nice to talk to people. <laughs> I know, right? You know, I think we've all, I, well, I'll speak for myself. Um, you know, it's just been really intense just being on lockdown. I, yeah. We have not really gone anywhere, done anything other than the studio has essentially been our outlet right now and even mm-hmm. when we go in there you know it's just with our producer and, and we can never get in there because it's a covid nest no, <laughs> right. it's it a covid nest a hive of scum and villainy, <laughs> <Scum and> villainy <laughs> and COVID-ity. you just had a drum workshop there you don't want to go anywhere near that place until it's hosed down oh yeah. we're not yeah drummer's yeah. got all the diseases <laughs> Drum, drummer drummer ass alone is just gonna have to be a whole de- <laughs> decontamination situation thank you I know all about it. I've gone through like seven drum thrones in the past, like. So eight where you, where are you guys? Are you guys all in the same Town? city together? Indianapolis, yeah. Yes. All Indianapolis. of us are. All of us are Indy. None of us have to drive two hours. Yeah. No. It's about like easier to minutes. get together. We always have to figure out, like you know, are we doing a weekend gig where we can play for hours together or are we going to do like you know john really hustled ass in just 
showing up on a Wednesday night or a Thursday night after work. There's nothing like driving here for three hours, having band hikes for two hours, and then driving home at like 10 p.m. And California <sighs> traffic has just gotten worse and worse every well, not year. Well, the COVID. Well, and that was the <laughs> nice thing about COVID, but then, you know, nobody's going anywhere, so... Uh, I, I forgot to ask in advance uh, if if you wanted us to to play one of the songs on the podcast. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We should. Sure. Uh, do, you have, do you have yeah, one in the, mind? Play, play the title track. Play yeah. the search for rock because it's fun. Yeah. Okay. Um, do you want to give an introduction for it? Um, this song is the title track from the new album. It's called "The Search for Rock," and it is about searching for the rock. And Star Trek. And Star Trek. <laughs> this is one of the few songs that isn't actually about sex. Is there sex and drugs in this one? It's probably in there somewhere. <laughs> Listen hard enough, it's there. Warp eight, Mr. Scott, and increasing. Throw your dampers. Warp nine. Cut your circuits, all of them. Warp ten, Mr. Scott. Impossible. It can't go that fast. You just won't stop, Mr. Scott. Warp eleven.
Thanks, you guys. Live long. It's great talking to you. It's just great to finally talk to you. Actually, yeah. actually talk to you. We've we've uh, messaged back and forth for years and yeah. never really actually talked. Um, I meant to say this earlier. Oh God! Here you go, sucking some musical dick here. Watch. You know, but, you know, I've, I've I've been a fan of Warp Eleven for for several years, uh, and um, you know, I don't think Five Year Mission would exist without you guys because you know I you were a little bit of an inspiration. You know, I was like, you know, if they can do it, anybody can. It's true. Ooh. <laughs> Thank you guys for picking up that Star Trek torch and running with it. Yeah. yeah. It's awesome. Absolutely. When we all hang out, we're going to have such a blast. I can't wait. Yeah, I can't wait to get drunk with you guys. <laughs> Good Lord. Especially Mike. Ooh, man. <laughs> Drinky Mike is hilarious. <laughs> Oh, oh, we appreciate wow. you guys so much. So yeah. thanks again for giving us an opportunity, mostly to just kind of say hi and meet yeah. you guys after yeah. all these years. Human interaction, especially. Yeah, and now you can also see that we're real and whatever kind of crazy shit you hear through through uh, World <laughs> 11, you have some grounding in who we are. Or are we real? Are we like people. the Baylock puppet? Well, John <laughs> is knows? John is the most real of all of us, but he could kill you with his mind with those samurai swords. John's so a puppet. Know. He could don't, kill don't you with fools. his mind with samurai swords. <laughs> <laughs> that just, wow, that, no. I've been playing no. too many video games. I don't know where she was going with what? that. It's not true. Don't believe her. Uh, it's not this. No. <laughs> God. Well, maybe. <laughs> All right, then. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye, Let's do it again sometime. Thank you for listening to this episode of Five Your Mission Podcast. If any of you are interested in listening to more of our music, you can check us out on YouTube or Spotify or iTunes or pretty much anywhere that you can listen to music. Just search for Five Year Mission and we should be the first thing that comes up. If you would like to contact us in regards to the podcast or anything else that you want to talk to us about, you can email us at fiveyearmissionband at gmail.com. And for more information about the band, you can go to fiveyearmission.net and also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Five Year Mission, the podcast is a production of Coconut Media Works. Executive producers Bill Smith and Dan Davidson. For more great Star Trek discussion, discover the other shows of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network at trekgeeks.com or find us in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app.